Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, everybody, to Season 3, Episode 6 of The Psychologists Are In. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And today we are joined by the incredible, one of our all-time faves in everything, uh, Kirsten Nelson, to talk about There Might Be Blood. Oh, you know, the episode where Jane Lynch plays her sister. Oh, it's so fun. We can't wait for you to listen. Enjoy. Yes, hi, Kirsten. Hi, guys. Also, hi, Tim. Hi, Maggie. She's back. We have missed you. Hi, Tim. We have missed you so much, and we are so excited because this is such a big... This is such a Chief Vic episode. I wanted so badly to have Jane here for you as well, Jane Lynch, so you guys could... um, She is the busiest woman in Hollywood, and she's finishing a show on Broadway, and she sends all of her love, and uh, yeah. God, she's in New York right now. That's crazy. Yeah, she's doing Funny Girl on Broadway, or I think maybe just finished. Yeah, she doesn't have a lot going on, and I think that uh, that's really good for her. You know, she has like a little bit of this going on. And um, in fact, when she was doing our show, I ran into her like, I don't know, a year or so later, and I was like... Because our kids went to the same uh, grade school and I ran into her and her wife and I was like, oh, my God, hi. I don't know if you remember me. Yeah, you did. You played my sister on the show Psych. She's like, of course I remember you. (laughs) And um, and I said, you know, jokingly with I thought that there was a little glint in my eye. I'm like, so what are you up to lately? And she'd already been nominated, I think. Twi- once or twice at least for Glee, right? So she was right. already the toast of the town. And I was like, oh, right. so, you know, what are you up to lately? Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, I'm doing this show. And her wife started just cracking up because I was like, I know, I know, Jane, you're just kind of huge now again. <laughs> you're like, I was um, making a joke. <laughs> I know. And so I think uh, Sight could be credited to uh, Jane Lynch having another massive massive career i agree you're welcome jane and the world right right we had so much fun on angel from hell when we did uh she played my guardian angel on a show together oh my gosh oh what a dream human to work with and she had such a good time when she came up to do psych like she totally totally remembered the experience kirsten she loved you i loved her oh my god i wanted her to be my best friend you were like two peas in a pod. And uh, I still and run into her every now and then in the studio scene. I always get so freaking excited. It's like, oh, it's Jane. And, and we will um we'll DM on Twitter every now and then. It's like, it's oh. my friend Jane. Like, and she's she's yeah. always so lovely. Yeah. And she's so good. And you guys are so sister-like. It's it was so fun to rewatch this. And it was also uh it was just nice to see there's a lot going on for you in the episode too, because I feel like you get to play all this feistiness, but you also have this really uh, like heart to heart, which obviously we'll go through the episode, but it's like heart to heart with Sean and you have to kind of, I I just, I thought you were, uh, you're so good in this. You're so good in everything, but you're this, this episode was a, I feel like it was one of the first, like, yeah, Chief Vic is getting to show all sides. 
well, I like this chief. I was watching it again and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I like her. Like, she's a little weird. She's a little fun. Mm-hmm. She's a little funny. She's and she's a little vulnerable. And uh, uh, just to see that just kind of like a back history. We've never still haven't met the husband yet, obviously, but um, still haven't. <laughs> We still haven't. So many years later. <laughs> 16 yeah. years later. Good Kirsten, I always later. remember how great you are in this episode. And re-watching it, boy, you did not disappoint. You just killed. And it re- it totally um just reinforced how great you are in this episode. And I'm so glad we got you to you, we got you on a Monday to come chat with us on our little on our little TV, on our little podcast show. You guys text, I say how high, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's like yes, yes, everybody we you were, know, go away. I was waiting to see what Jane's schedule was going to be, if that could work out. And then, uh, you know, she's got to do that Broadway show. Well, and, you know, I just love watching her over the years because I had such a connection to her. And I always felt like she, ever since we met on Psych, that she was someone who I want to emulate. Even watching mm. her, you know, of of just our little bit of difference in age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she is the older one. Tim, um, <laughs> that was very funny. That, uh, <laughs> oh, your younger sister, now, she's older. Now, Kirsten, um, you went to Northwestern, right? You and Keith had Fire Hall. Yeah, both of us. But were you at didn't grow up in now. Chicago, right? Jane, I think, is from Chicago. Am I correct? Yeah. Did you know Jane, her in Chicago? So that's a funny story. No, I didn't know her. Know her in Chicago, but right after I graduated, I think I told you guys both this that right after I graduated Northwestern, that. Uh, the Fugitive came to town. And so The Fugitive was filmed in Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, and I happened to know the Chicago casting directors, not the LA casting directors who did, you know, Celia Ward and Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, the big, you know, I knew mm-hmm. the Chicago casting directors and they were casting the smaller parts, the one day parts, et cetera. And uh, they said, do you want to come and be our assistant? And I was like, yeah, I'm a new graduate. I have no idea how to do, you know, what happens on movies and TV. Um, So I was the fugitive assistant to the casting directors for about three, four months. Oh, my gosh. Um, And if anybody ever wants to act, if they don't, if they want to figure out like, oh, I don't know, you know, I'll go to theater school, I'll work in the industry, I'll do... I recommend going and working in a casting office to watch the producers, mm-hmm. watch the audition tapes. And it was a shock. It was, a, you know, sometimes very eye-opening. It was the scales falling away from my eyes of things that you were in control of and things you just couldn't even, you, you just can't even second guess in Here's yourself. Here's a crazy quinkening. I also, after theater school, worked as a reader in, in a casting. Did you really? It's oh, so wow. fast. It's the, you're absolutely right, spot on. It's the best education you can ever get as an actor. It's hands-on, you I know? I say and, this yeah. too, yeah. And you used to realize walking in the room, like you either, you either got her or lost the part walking in the door. Yeah. So often. And for some of those parts, I mean, granted, the, some of the parts that they were doing for The Fugitive were very, like, all the guys that were... Um, on the bus where Harrison Ford escapes from. They were very mm-hmm. convict guys, right? So the producers watched everybody's audition tapes with the sound off. And they were like, eyes too far apart. Next. <laughs> oh. Ears too big. Next. Ugh. So I was like, wow. You're like, swipe. It sounds like a dating app. It's like, <laughs> ah, swipe, swipe, swipe. Swipe left, swipe left. Yeah. Swipe, swipe. yeah. 
Yes. Say, oh, swipe yeah. right. We, yeah. Swipe right. Uh, hang on him. So anyway, Jane came through uh, as she was auditioning and she has a part in the film. And, um, and I know her part was supposed to be so much bigger than it actually wound up being. She was a nurse in the hospital. And the only thing I remember, she was wearing a leather jacket with a lot of pins. And granted, it was like the early 90s, right? That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of, you know, hip. I worked at Bennigan's. I worked at Bennigan's. Right. I, you know, I worked at Bennigan's. I had to have like five points of interest at all times. Um, so <laughs> I saw her and I was like, oh, fellow, you know, right there with me. Um, oh, my God. I love it. But I remember them going, I don't like her look. I don't like her attitude. That those The jackets with all the pins. What does that say about her? Uh, I, think, I think it said just enough. Uh, she was oh. fine. Um, so she was there and I saw that. And then, you know, we connected on psych. And then we connected again at the kids' school. And uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. I love that story. I love the Chicago. Yeah, her accent is hard, pretty hardcore, you know, when we... Uh, and in the office scene, when uh, when we're having to do all that improv, there was a lot of improv with her, and we can, like, talk about that when we come to it. But this coming into this episode, knowing that she was going to be playing my sister, I was scared. I was scared. <sighs> I was nervous. I... That Boy, scene on the show. boat where we're like head to head, nose to oh, nose. Yeah. I was like, I have to be toe to toe with this woman who's iconic in her improv skills. I mean, working with all the Christopher Guest films. And yeah. I'm like, so, you know, kind of going to set and being nervous about with your scene partner, because I wanted to be good for her. I wanted to be able to keep up with her. You know, because she is so, but then once we got there, she made it so easy. It was just. Well, I was just going to say, you guys totally match. So whatever your yeah. intimidation factor was or whatever, it just, it does not show at all. You all were perfectly matched and your and your, mm-hmm. your timing and your wit and all that stuff back and forth. It's so good. And I knew your some of that. Yes I knew and a lot skills of that was were improper. totally on point that day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You were sharp AF, sharp AF. Yes. Yeah, if you if you Couldn't pull back the camera and you'll see my eyes are going like this because I'm like, concentrate, <laughs> stay with her, yeah. match her energy. Who knew there were so many psych degrees of separation with this one actress? I have one that's not nearly as cool as um, Dear Maggie's doing an entire series with her. In see? 2016, Jane and I both guest starred on a, yet another pilot that never got seen by anyone. It's called Me and Mean Margaret with um, Stalker Channing. Never to be Whoa. seen by the light of day. But Maggie, Another I text you a picture degrees. of Jane and I. Jane's in a wedding dress. I, did, I cannot remember. We weren't in the scene together. She just happened oh, to be in a wedding yeah. dress in this in, in the Where episode. And so I was like, Jane, we got a good picture of you and I looking like, like we're going to prom. You, um, I feel like I've seen this picture. I feel like you showed me this picture. I'm sure I sent it to you during Angel Interim Hell. Oh, yeah. Show to Jane, show oh, Jane, yeah. show Jane. We had so much fun. Oh, my gosh. That's the other thing about Jane. It's just always fun. Angel from Hell, what I remember from Angel from Hell, besides your glowingness, um, is could I have Jane's wardrobe? You know, she oh, was like so in big pants and like yeah. oversized like army that jackets. Vest, and I was like, like, yeah, that's a dream. Like, she oh, yeah. really picked a lot of that. She really designed that whole look for that character. It was really cool to watch. Like, totally. I believe it. 
Yeah, like it was she really... did the leather jacket with all the pins in the fugitive <laughs> and those boots. Those uh, she did. That's exactly the. That's exactly right. Full circle. She finally got to do it, except it was a fishing vest in oh, that's Angel right. from Hell. But a lot of pins, a lot of stuff, a lot of dangles, <laughs> lots of dangles. Um, dangles. Should we dive into episode six? There might be blood, and then mm. Kirsten, come armed with your stories. If there mm-hmm. was blood, that usually means there was a murder. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm a I'm a little slow today. I just have to give everybody the heads up. I am a little slow. I had a I had a very fun night with my friend Melanie Poppet, as you all know her. And uh, Tim was very sweet to text me yesterday and be like, I know how you ladies do. Um, do you, should we maybe do it a little bit later? Oh, my hot date. Yes, Kirsten, that's what it was. Because Kirsten yeah. was like, why are we, we're pushing it back a little bit. Oh, why you got a hot date? Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. With some Was it um, Prosecco or was it um, Rosé? It was actually champagne at the at the awards. And then we went to um, a restaurant here in LA We uh, called Marvin. Uh, that has very good food and very good wine. And then we, um, what did we have there? I feel like we we had Chardonnay there. Well, the Chardonnay would be the good choice after Champagne. Yeah. And some of the food was a little spicy. It was great. We had a great time. We had an absolutely great time. And she won on she won on Saturday night for Yellow Jackets. And she's just so cool. I'm so happy for her. Um, it was very funny. These are called the HCA Awards. And by the end of the night, people just started calling them the hookahs. So, because nobody knows, nobody was uh, nobody was saying Hollywood Critics Association Awards. All right, let's like that. dive in. The hookers. We are talking about episode the hookers, mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. six. There might be blood with our with our dear friend. She's just the most graceful, radiant. We we miss her when she's not here, and we're so happy she's back. Chief, our chief, baker Kirsten of amazing Nelson. pies, <laughs> maker of amazing pies. I'll take maker it. of amazing Hi. pies. And this episode, um, this episode is written by Kel Cahoon. Okay, I'm going to start with the pineapple sighting. Pineapple sighting. Okay, did anyone get this? There's a Hawaiian pizza in the victim's house. I did not find a pineapple in this whole episode. Wow. Actual pineapple toppings were on the pizza. Yeah, that is crazy. (laughs) This was funny. Cold open. In 1987, young Sean and Gus are caught digging a massive hole in Henry's yard, attempting to search for oil. Flash forward is very cute and very messy. Those those boys, those boys, that must have been such a day for them. They were covered in mud by the end of that, and they were just giggling, weren't oh, they? Yeah. And they got paid to do it. Adorable. Flash forward to present day during a rainy evening, a bunch of warehouse workers witnessed their safety inspector get knocked off the offshore oil rig. Amazing set, by the way, can I just say? Since time is of the essence, Chief Vic brings uh, Sean and Gus via boat to check out the crime scene. Very cute. Chief Vic mentions she doesn't trust the Coast Guard and that she and the boys are taking matters into their own hands. Right as she mentions that, the Coast Guard pulls them over uh, and pops out the lovely Jane Lynch. Okay, I have a little, um, I guess it would be an insider insight. Because the Coast Guard is so prominently featured in this um, in this episode with Jane playing Coast Guard commander. Yes. I want to shout out to uh, one of the psych kids. Wait, Our who? dear uh, Charlotte Fuller, Kurt's daughter, who's, Wait, a, oh, Kurt's who's daughter. kicking ass at oh the U.S. Gosh, Coast totally. Guard Academy right now. Absolutely. That is, uh, she's full-blown full now. Full-blown. Wow. How Coast is Guard she Academy. that old that she can be like full-blown coastal, know. you know, in the in that 
Academy now. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's pretty impressive. So Charlotte, we thank you for your advanced service. We thank you in advance for your service and thank you for kicking ass at the Academy and going out there and keeping our coast garden safe. Yes. You're awesome. Stay on this coast. So mama and daddy don't miss you too much. Uh, so stay over here and work this coast. Yes, right. exactly. They, the West uh, is the best. The West is the best. She's in Massachusetts, I believe, right now. Um, Dang it. I know. I know. Um, okay. Jane Lynch. Karen and the commander have a mini pissing contest as we discover that they are, in fact, sisters. Okay. This was so cute. First off, though, <laughs> I thought, too, the boys being out on the boats because we know how much the boys love water. <laughs> so much of this episode is on the water. And I thought some of the sets were incredible. I thought the oil rig scene with the stunt and the guy going over, I was like, okay, psych. And this was John Badham directed this episode, didn't he? He did. We he know did. John, John knows his oh, action. Yeah. So well, um, it certainly showed in this scene. But now King, John King wasn't the, the original director for this episode. What? I know. And I'm... I'm kicking myself because I can't remember who it was supposed to be. Interesting. And I I could be wrong because he had already done Daredevils this episode, uh, this season, right? Yeah. And I think we had a different director and that, um, or maybe it was Daredevils and they're like, we need, a slot is opened up. And I Mm -hmm. think it was this one where they brought John back. And I remember having a conversation with him going... Thank you. I, you know, this is going to be a bigger episode and with some connections and a bigger story. I'm really excited to be in your hands. More space for Kirsten to kick ass. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I had that. I have, you know, we always talk about badass Juliet and badass Lasseter. I was like, there was some badass chief in this. There's Um, badass chief. Yeah. Oh oh, yeah. So Karen and the commander have many. Oh yeah. The boat. So the boys on the boat and me on the boat. And I just feel like I had, because I was nervous about rewatching this episode because I don't know what your guys' normal schedule was for going in for ADR when we had uh, to re-record ourselves, right? I don't even remember. Yes, that's right. But so, I don't remember doing it a ton, but yeah. I remember being out on that boat for that first scene driving the guys, right? We're like, woohoo! And I'm at the steering wheel, and then she's like, it's an ocean, just drive it. I'm like, yeah, it's the fine. The helm, and, if you will. <laughs> boom. Um, and a lot of the crew were on a, a follow boat, right? That's right. So were, mm-hmm. they were going with us, and we had the sound department. Sometimes they were inside the cabin. Sometimes they were outside the cabin to work it. All of my stuff. Our beloved Johnny, Carmen, and Gord. Shout Johnny, out to the Carmen, Lavas. Gord. Yep. And it was something wrong with the antennas oh, no. and the feed. And it was so loud on the boat with all of the motors yeah. and everything. And I essentially had, we all had to re-record the entire scene. This summer, add some power players to your grilling lineup with ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the subscription service that delivers high-quality meat and seafood right to your doorstep. Choose from a carefully curated selection of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more. This is probably my favorite thing about ButcherBox. The grass-fed part, the free-range part, the wild-caught part. That is so important so you can feel better about the meat and the seafood that you're eating. And it also, it just shows up at your door. It's so wonderful. It's so convenient. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Free shipping for the continental U.S. Free, you guys. 
No antibiotics or added hormones. Packed fresh and shipped frozen for convenience so you can save time on your next grocery store trip. Plus, you can customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. Exactly. It's truly an unbeatable value. Less than $6 per meal on average. You guys, it's so good. Get summer sizzling started with this special butcher box deal for our listeners. Free bacon for life of your membership plus $100 off. Did you hear all of that? Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code bonus 100 to get one pack of free bacon in every box for the life of your membership plus $100 off your first order. That's butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code bonus 100 to claim this deal. So I don't know if any of that is live. Oh, that's crazy. You would never know. And I feel like I can usually spot that (sighs) ADR stuff. I can like spot just the one hint of it or whatever it is. And I did not catch that at all. I was, well, and I was like, I I think they tweaked it. I think they went back and tweaked it and made it much better because I feel like the original air, like back in, what was this, 2008, I feel like that it was so, the sink was so off that I was like, I can't watch this. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm nervous. I'm embarrassed because it's just like that hint off. Oh no. Um, And when they called to say, it looks great. Oh my God. This show is, uh, this episode is amazing. Yeah. You have two hours of ADR. And I'm like, the show's only an hour long. (laughs) It's 42 hours long. Oh my God. And I, so I went in to re-record like, all of my lines from that opening and trying to match my mouth perfectly. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of is like, hone Dulé. Just hone him. Just think oh. of him and channel Dulé because one of the first episodes of, of Psych, like we were passing each other in the re-recording hallway. And so I could see in the, the little, mm-hmm. the window of like, is anybody in there? Oh, Dulé's in there. And I watched him knock he, it out. Well, but he would the music it the like a dance. dancer. Yeah. He would tap yeah. it and he could find the rhythms of, of his voice. Would. And then he would match the rhythm of his voice yeah. while he was watching that. And I was like, shit, if I could figure out how to do that, like I would be golden. Never yeah. figured out how to do it. But um, he's really good at it. He uh, is. Uh, I'm yeah. not surprised at all. That sort of... Uh, rhythm that he has that na- naturally I feel like it is a skill. I feel like that it's ADR thing is yes. For some yeah. people it's so natural. They find that rhythm and I think for other people it is it's the opposite. It's really really it's just really hard to do to match that. So when you get told you have 2 hours on a 42 <laughs> minute episode and you're doing an entire scene where you have a ton uh to say Paragraphs. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. It was like, hi. Set up the whole episode. Um. He summation. Yeah. Let us catch you up and like and now reloop yourself. So anyway, there you go. I just that's some insider baseball guys inside. I love it. I love it. Okay. Back at the station, the boys talk to Lassie and Jules about their new case, and Lassie is weirdly, weirdly aroused by Chief (laughs) Sister. Not just back at the station. Back at the station where. Maggie is in Pepto Drink. Yay, it's back on our show. Wait, 
It's sort of a muted blush oh Pepto, Pepto drink. <laughs> and uh, Chief Vic is rocking the popped blue collar like oh, yeah. nobody's business. And also your hair, everything was very cute. <laughs> very cute. Very cute. I love the it wardrobe. Was cute. Yeah. It, and it was, it was cute a cute look because it matched it was very James cute. too. I was like, oh, look at that short, yeah. cute hair. Yeah. So. You all started talking. I was like, oh my God, you all, you have, you feel like sisters. It's crazy. Um, okay. Sean and Gus realize that they're pawns in a game of sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. I can speak rivalry. Uh, only for Gus to mention that he's not a pawn. He's a queen, which was one of my favorite jokes of this episode. <laughs> I loved that it. was such a good line. So, truly one of my, like one of the best jokes on set. I feel like this line has been lost of all of the psychotic, as we say, like lines and, and bits. Uh, this was so classic. I want to bring it back. It, this needs to be, I yeah. am not a pawn. Yeah. I'm a queen. I'm not a pawn. I'm a queen. Oh, so good. And owning it. Owning yes. it. Not like, oh, what did I just say? It was like, mm-mm. So good. Sean and Gus go undercover pretending to be investors who fund offshore drilling. They meet with a father-daughter team who are willing to help figure out the mysterious death of the safety inspector. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, Tim. Sorry. um, Getting to play Lasseter, being attracted to... uh, Oh, my God. Barbara. um, Barbara, the co-star commander, was one of the most juicy, fun storylines they've ever given me on this show. It's so, good so cute. We'll go back I also, we're not there yet, but when when I give you advice, um, put a pin in that one because now we're on the boat with um, a rather large psych degree of separation. When the boys get on the boat to go out to the rig with the father daughter oil oil tycoons, that's played by um, Barry Barry Corbin. Barry Corbin. Yeah. Barry Corbin. Psych degree of separation. Of course, Maggie was on the ranch. Barry went on to do the ranch. Yes. And then and then with James, James's psych degree of separation, they were both in Dukes of Hazard. Oh, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right, Tim. You're Which very good at this. You are and very, then, um, very good at this. And then for me personally, um, Barry was in um, one of the greatest shows of the early 90s, which was called Northern Exposure. Oh, which now so I was never on Northern Exposure, but it's, it's really personal to me because that was filmed in a little town in Washington State called Roslyn, Washington. Right next to Clee Allen, the, the tiny little town where my mother grew up. Mm. And um, you could still go there. And like, there's a bar, famous tavern there called The Brick, which was a tavern that my grandfather used to deliver beer and soda pop to when he was driving trucks in, let's say, the 30s. So it's really? like, you could still go to Roslyn. And um, John Corbett's played a DJ, and his record, his uh, recording mm-hmm. booth is still set up there. And you could still go see it. Wait, so, so Northern it. Exposure wasn't filmed in Vancouver? Correct. Nor Alaska where it was set. It was no. actually crazy. Oh, you would think That's that crazy. it would have been um Yeah, I thought for sure. It was it was the early nineties. They hadn't quite discovered um Oh right. Vancouver the is Van- the, the Hollywood was the North. Other Hollywood. Oh, Hollywood North. And crazy. my degree of separation with Barry Corbin is I knocked on his door to say good morning. Welcome to Psych. Oh That's, That's it. so nice I've never of worked you. With That's a good one. Did you say well, I'm <laughs> you did lady. on Psych? <laughs> I, a, um, I know he his his uh his accent is really intense. I love it. I was like, he's oh gosh, he's a pure on Texan. That is I a Texan accent. If ever there was a Texan. We jumped accent. an insider right. inside. I'd like to go back to. So they're shooting this scene when the boys are walking down to the boat where the dive shop is in Horseshoe Bay, which is this beautiful bay. It's a ferry terminal where we, any times we would, as a show, would have to go out on the water. We would usually go out to Horseshoe Bay. 
and the boys are walking down the gangplank, and um, James has a reference to Night Shift. Mm-hmm. Which, insider insight, uh, Michael Keaton in this movie from 1982 was such a massive influence on little Timmy Amundsen, young Timmy Amundsen actress comedy. And speaking mm-hmm. of Michael Keaton, prior to, to us recording the episode, Maggie and Kirsten and I were having a big conversation about Michael Keaton because at her big Emmy ball last night, she was at the dope table where unfortunately Michael was not there. But it's just so funny that you brought up Michael as I was getting ready to, as I wrote on my notes, tell a Michael Keaton story about how much I love Michael Keaton in the early 80s. I I'm love Batman. all the synchronicities. I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. All right. At the station, Lassie and Jules meet about a missing persons case, and Lassie mentions he wants to ask out Chief Vic's sister. Jules tries to change the subject. This was my favorite. And bring it back to work because the thought of that is nauseating. But I still love that you come to me with these dating things you've done. It's a total new level of our friendship. Totally. That I that I am that I trust you enough to really say I'm thinking about asking her out. What are your, what are your thoughts? <laughs> and you're you're, you're As you reading of, over. Well, Carlton, I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> Every bad line idea. in this, every yeah. reaction is just hilarious, Maggie. It's good. It's good. Well, and I think nauseating because you you didn't eat any of your sandwich then. You completely <laughs> lose your appetite. You lose your appetite yep. and you walk away. It's, I mean, I can't. I can't. Just sitting, I'm sick. sitting at I'm a sick. desk eating some sandwiches as I um. Having lunch while I'm asking O'Hara for dating <laughs> advice. I love, I love it so much. Though, I love the attraction to her. I think it is very, very cute on the Lasseter side. It's just so cute. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that BitMobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they are the first company to sell wireless service online only. So they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass those sweet savings directly on to you. It's so true. You guys, you save so much a month. It's so cheap. But And I know your next question is probably how's the coverage. I've tried it. It's wonderful. It's just as good as any other. It's so good. And it's so cheap. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one uh, or for a family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. See? So easy. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash pineapple. That's mintmobile.com slash pineapple. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash pineapple. And in that scene, there is some foreshadowing where we discover that um, strong women float Lasseter's boat because it's a foreshadowing to uh, like, meeting Marlo. And Marlo, there's a scene Marlo. where yeah. when he and Marlo were first getting together, she does like a, a spinning back kick and knocks him on his ass. That's right. <laughs> which uh, which just makes him fall in love with her even more. There's the scene where O'Hara says, did you not see them Vic fighting with this, her sister? And so see it, I devoured it. 
She's like, now I talk about her sturdy build. It's very off-putting. It's, it's very uncomfortable and very adorable. <laughs> you're still uncomfortable through it's this both, scene. It's it. both of those things. Oh, well, and when you were like, a, you know, see it, I devoured it. Uh, when we come out then into the hall after yelling at each other and you guys are watching us, you know, through through the windows, that was all improv too. It, it's like we're just like, oh, why write it? When we just tell them, go do something funny. Yeah. You two funny, you two funny about your childhood was, was all improv. That was amazing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so Jane and, but Jane and I yelling at each other, just making this all up as we go along. But as soon as we walk out into the hallway, we knew that we had to share the same frame. Right. And, uh, right. Suddenly I'm standing there and what are we, Maggie? We're like in three inch heels most of the time, yeah. just so we could be like yeah. the same size as the guys. And I'd never experienced this yet, but uh, Jane is like, I got this. I know what to do. And she takes like a <laughs> wide second position and kind of squats. Genius. Yep. So you could be and the I same was like, size. what are you doing? She's like, yeah. I know that it's either this or you got to stop. You have to stand on an apple box just so we could appear even close to the same height. And I was like, no, no, no. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. But why don't you just stand up tall? like your gorgeous tall self and they'll put me on a little a little box and she's like no no and Aww. and she another thing the that sweetest. Jane is just incredibly giving and that uh the lengths that she would go through because she was very professional she's like I know how to do this the sweetest she is yeah. she makes stuff happen and she takes care of people she really does yeah all right and she's the same height as Tim so there you go and she's the same height as Tim Sean and guest search for clues about the anonymous tipster and run into the commander and her team. Sean claims he can tell them who the anonymous tipsterer is. I love it. Tipster-er. And that they would be uh, that they'd be at the morgue. Sean yeah. and Gus target the daughter from earlier, asking where the mess hall is. They interview a bunch of employees and they all mention how much they hated the dead guy. <laughs> Sean and Gus journey back to the station asking for Chief Fix help. She's a wee bit upset with them, considering they chose to work with her sister over her. After a quick talk, they make up and focus. Uh, back on the murder. So you're saying when they're interviewing everyone on the crew that anyone on the crew could have been a murderer. Am I correct there? <laughs> yes. Wow, yes, man. You are correct. Wow, you get this every week. <laughs> Gus has a super sniffer episode where he finds a dead body that smells like onions who just so happens to be the missing person from Lassie and Jules' case. Then Sean and Gus get fired by the commander. So the only way to work on the case is to join Henry on his boat. And Henry's also in a Pepto-Pink t-shirt. There was a lot of Pepto-Pink in this episode. Um, Back at the station, the commander apologizes for being wrong about the case. (laughs) Devin actually wrote it. It wasn't a fluke (laughs) accident. It, It was attempted. Murder. Man, you handled it just fine. You jumped right in. Sean mentions to the daughter that her dad may have had something to do with the deaths, only for her to pull a gun on them and lock them in a dangerous, fume-ridden closet. Luckily, <laughs> the cops arrive in time, and a chase scene shootout begins. <laughs> Kirsten. <laughs> You're just giggling over fume-ridden here. Fume-ridden closet. Yes. I love it. <laughs> That's all Devin. Devin is our comedy writer. Luckily, the cops God arrive is. in time. She's the best. And a chase scene shoot-off begins. Sean talks to the daughter during the shoot-off, takes her gun, and Lassie tackles her. He asks if the chief fix, if he asks if, he, if chief fix sister saw that. Uh, also very cute. Um, this was intense. I, I loved this scene. And the one with you and James. So the one with you and Jane and the one with you and James. Mm-hmm. I thought were mm-hmm. uh, 
You're so good in this episode, Kirsten. Um, Thanks. I think it's just, you know, I think with psych, the whole history of psych, we've kind of tried to walk that line between making sure that we're being wacky and silly and uh, solving a murder, but at the same time of how do we show some, I don't know, realness? How do we show some ability to be, or an openness to be hurt or to be vulnerable? It Um, is a tricky line. It's a tricky line. Yeah. And it, it it's funny that that I have to that I got another one to do with with Sean too of you know just the way it was written of this that surprising emotion that comes out when you talk about family you think you're fine you think you're fine and then suddenly right you know right why am I confessing right. this to you but you're confessing it to him um, and one more example of how dynamite you are in this episode Kirsten oh, thank you because <laughs> you <laughs> walked you. that line so well which is not an easy line to walk yes. Especially you're the chief. Like we can we can get a little wobbly and whatever, but it's a, it's a, the chief was always like, you know, it that that was probably the finest line, you know. And that was hard, yeah. Because if you fl- you know when we flash forward to season is that seven? When is D's nups? When is your wedding? Um, yeah, that seven, six, uh, seven. seven that. You know, I remember them having them being the studio, having a hard time with Chief being wasted be at the bachelorette party with Marlo because they're like, she's still the chief. How do you right. like how do you walk that fine line of like showing that of humanity yeah. and um but still being a chief, still being their boss? Yeah. Um the leader don't date her. You know, of <laughs> that kind of camaraderie and yeah. familiarity. Um, but in the end of the day, still, I'm your boss. Yeah. So. Which um, you do perfectly. As I said, with grace, always. Uh, it's thank the, you. It's grace. It's, there's a softness, too. It's really tough. That's a tough thing. I loved this moment, by the way. I loved uh, James talking this girl out of the gun. <laughs> I would say Sean gets a teeny bit creepy with the comments in this one. Just right on the edge of like the biceps and the arms. I mean, oh yeah, your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. was, The comment about filling out out the jeans was a little um. Well, that's not PC. (laughs) (laughs) It was a comment to his dude friend. He wasn't saying it to anybody else. He was saying it to Gus. Like he kind of get away with it saying it to Gus. I guess. Yes, of course. No, he did, and he did. Um, Sean and Gus bring Chief Vic a bouquet, and the commander visits. She mentions that she wants to take out Lassie. She fixes. You this don't want to go there. Too. No. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. Oh. Oh. Well, in the way Gus looks away too, he's like, oh. I was trying, I had to, I had to rewind. I had to hit that again because I'm like, what did I, what's that sound I just heard? And I had listened to it <laughs> and it's Gus going, oh. <laughs> like, I heard oh. it too. One of my favorite things about summer is uh, barbecuing with friends uh, and also that it's my birthday. It was just my birthday, but the celebrations are continuing, the parties, the gatherings, the extra time outside. And of course, summertime is always a little well-deserved time off. What is not to love about this time of year? With all that fun on my calendar, it is hard to find time to go grocery shopping and commit to delicious fruit and veggie-packed meals uh, that keep me nourished. That's where Daily Harvest comes in. Daily Harvest delivers delicious food built on organic fruits and vegetables. Choose from smoothies, flatbreads, harvest bowls, and more, all ready to enjoy in minutes. So if I'm getting back from a trip, 
or I'm too busy to grocery shop, or there's just too much happening, Daily Harvest has my back. They help keep my freezer stocked with good food that's always ready when I am. Everything is farm to frozen to lock in peak nutrients and flavor. Dig savory, sweet, somewhere in between, they got you. I'm a savory person, they got me. With Daily Harvest, there are tons of options for any time of day. And the best part, no shopping, chopping, or heavy lifting. I personally, I'm a smoothie person. I love, and I love bowls. I love their strawberry peach smoothie. Um, and one of the bowls is uh, they have a mulberry dragon fruit forager bowl. It's crazy. And it's just so easy. You don't even like it. You don't even have to think about it. It's just kind of all done for you. And it's so good. Daily Harvest is committed to human and planetary health, which means they do their absolute best to ensure transparency and integrity when it comes to their ingredients and the humans who grow them. So it's a win-win. Case in point, by supporting farmers who invest in practices that increase biodiversity and improve the health of our soil, and by delivering food and recyclable and compostable packaging where possible, Daily Harvest does all of the work. So all you have to do is eat and enjoy. I personally just love being able to feel good about what I'm eating and how it's getting to me and (laughs) everything else. So on every level here, uh, they're doing it right. Stay busy and eat sustainably with Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com slash besties to get up to $40 off your first box. Did you hear that? That's dailyharvest.com slash besties for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash besties. In case you didn't hear that, besties. This was such a great moment. And then they make up, they begin to fight over Lasseter. The sibling rivalry is back on. And so is the date with Lassie. The ending to this episode was so perfect because just like family, you're right back in it. You work together, you solve the thing or whatever, and it takes two seconds before you're fighting again. I love it. Yeah. So when when um, the commander says, you, me, lunch, and my I, I, I'm trying to remember if the I was improvised or written, but I just remember shooting that beat and having such fun with oh, it. Oh, you are, you are in. You are just in. You are into it. You are like, so you are excited. so yeah, you're so 100% there. Turning oh. on your heel and going. <laughs> aye, aye. Well, and it's your, it, it's, this is pre-Gooch too, isn't it? Uh, this is post-Gooch. This is post-Gooch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Gooch was uh, the end of season one. Yeah. You know, the first he and time. his strong women. You and your strong women. You just, that's what you call it. That's what you attract. Yeah, That's what you attract. Like a <laughs> magnet. It's so funny because you get so gooey around it. It's very, like the women are all very <laughs> strong, but you turn into like mush. A little bit. It's very cute. It's like the sweet, vulnerable thing. That it's like uh, anyway. <laughs> sorry, I love it so, so much. Me. Oh, I I um, had another memory from back on the rig. The oil rig was not an oil rig. Do you remember that we were not in the ocean on an oil rig? We were at no. a screen we, uh, tank, right? No, we were at like some some warehouse. We were at like a. Uh, a random industrial park kind of warehouse that they dropped a huge green screen. Whoa. And you remember this? Wait, wait, hold on. And that's just like blowing like water, rainwater, uh, you know, the, the things that they Mm -hmm. spray. Yes. Because what do you, Oh gosh, Max, they had huge fans blowing on us. So when we arrive on the rig, we're just like, we know what you've been doing. You know, oh, that you should turn yourself. She's got a weapon. Yeah. We had these huge fans blowing on the back of our heads because we're like, whoa. 
So for her reverse, so she could have her hair blowing oh. and looked and looked amazing, you know, for her final final bad person. But you know, you go back to the four of us, you know, the fourth being Jane, <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, oh, the wind is blowing on our backs. But yeah, there was a huge green screen that was behind us. Is that what it was? Because I do, all I remember was that was intense. Like what, when we were shooting with the wind, fans or not, whatever it was, I was like, I just remember this day being no joke. And you can see her eyes are watering. Oh, She's yeah. so cold. Yeah. <laughs> because she has a gigantic fan blowing on her. Um, but also then during that scene, during that chase, we're jumping, we're shooting our weapons. They decided to have that, you know, bulletproof plastic in front of the cameras now. You know, they're all hiding behind, taking their safety very seriously. Jane refuses to shoot a weapon. That's right. I was remember you telling the story once before. She does. She refuses to shoot a weapon. That's correct. And I, I think about that, and especially now in this day and age, I just give her so much credit. Yep. You know, I think it's like we take these moments for granted or if we're on set that we should just say yes. Yep. And that sometimes we as actors, we have to un- remember that no is a full statement. It's a full sentence. No. Yeah. yeah. Well said. And to protect ourselves and to protect those around us in our working atmosphere, we sometimes need to say no. And yeah. Jane was like, listen, this is just something I truly believe in. And the answer is no. There's no yep. reason why I need to be doing this. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. And and that was it. That was the only explanation she ever really gave. There was no like flowery, here's why, here's this. Nope. She was just like, no, I don't believe in it. Done. Not happening. Yeah. And I, I was like that. looking for it. And, I, you know, she's carrying it at some points, like when mm-hmm. we're running down and we're ducking. And I just remember her. They wanted to do a close up. John want, John Badham wanted to do a close-up of her shooting her weapon, me shooting my... Like, everybody got a close-up, and yep. she just refused. She's like, um, no, I don't want that, and I don't want that in my um, in my reel and in my history of work. Oh. Like, Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. So, yeah. Queen Jane. There it is. We're back at that episode, so I'm talking about it in the episode. All right. Are we ready for fan questions? Is there any other... Um, we can always come back and add uh, other memories in, too, but I kind of want to get to this. What do you think Lassie's lunch date with the commander was like? Where would they have gone? What would they have eaten? And would there have been a second date? Tim, thoughts? Tim, um, what was this date like? I'm going to say um, his date was awkward, but maybe fantastic because I think that they had a connection on some other level of, well, on a level of appreciation of authority and both being authority figures. I think they... I think they really connected. So I think there was definitely a, def- a second date. I'm mortified. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Kirsten, you got to uh, d- deal. You got to deal. Uh, it's happening. Uh, it's happening. Even if you don't want it to. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. I know, but it was probably so good. She definitely came out of the bathroom. She went to the bathroom and she definitely came back to the table. She came back to the table <laughs> for sure. She came yeah. back to the table for sure. And you know what she loved, I think, is that, and I think, and I think Lassie would have loved is, uh, is uh, I bet she ordered for you. She told you exactly how it was going to go. And you just were a, a puppy dog to her commands. The commander. I totally agree. Oh my God. I love thinking about this. Wait, where would they have gone and what would they have eaten? What do you think? Where do you think? I'm going to say just, they would have gone for tacos. I was going to say Red Robin just because we had <laughs> so many Red Robins. We haven't had Red Robin in a while. <laughs> in, a, in, our, in, our, in our episodes. <laughs> no, I think I think because... Um, if Jane was at the Academy, I wouldn't know because she was in Alaska. She was stationed in Alaska. She was in uh-huh. Kodiak. 
or I'm sorry, I mean, not Jane, obviously the commander, Barbara. Barbara. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she uh, would have gotten good, good Mexican food up in, in Kodiak, which maybe there's fine Mexican food in Kodiak, Alaska. I don't know. Maybe Carlton thought to mention uh, tacos or burritos are Mexican. Yeah, that sounds good because I think the easy answer is they definitely went for seafood. Yeah, you're thinking outside the box and saying, well, so, and we know from we know from yeah. the pilot that Carlton takes his dates for to that Mexican joint for enchiladas with extra chicken. That's right, <laughs> because uh, he decides not to have the chicken because Sean tells him not to. He ain't scared. He ain't scared. He's scared. He's scared. He scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we know we know he likes Mexican food. So I think it would have been uh, Mexican. So between Carlton liking Mexican food and. Um, Barbara not being in California lately, we think maybe she was jumping for some good tacos. Yeah. That's my answer. I love and it. Definitely That's a final second answer. Date. I love it. Definitely a second date. Definitely. Oh. Which would have been spent at the shooting range. Sorry. I'm sorry, Kirsten. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> this is so good. Were the boat scenes real? Didn't we just talk about this? Most yeah. of them were though, right? Yeah. You guys were out on the water. Yeah, we no, the boat. boat stuff, we were definitely out on the water. And I think you it was were kind driving. of like a precursor for, um, what's the Shy McBride fairy tale? Uh, of like, we're out on the water all uh, the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the boat scenes, we, <laughs> sound-wise, oh, it was so real. The oil rig scenes shot on a real oil rig. That was, so these two tie in together. So, Those no. Yeah, no, we were at um, we were at a oh, warehouse. God. And I think they put the, um, the uh, set deck or... Uh, yeah, that would be set deck. Our department made those kind of like oil rig uh, yeah. banisters, safety banisters, to make it look like this is the edge. Right. And then they dropped the gigantic green screen that um, if they were shooting us, looking at the ocean behind Frozen us, Maggie. and that big scene where all of us go to arrest her, because of that gigantic green screen, uh, I actually walked on set in my wardrobe and I was wearing a green shirt <gasps> and they were like, Oh no, we need a new shirt or else Kirsten's going to blend into the sea. So where, where was the film, the shootout filmed? Cause I don't remember that. Oh yeah. That was a real room. I feel like somewhere oh, yeah. that was a real that boiler was like room under in some like radiator room with all yeah. of this gack and actual real, I think it was an old factory. Um, um, it definitely was because it I, wasn't I the do brewery. remember that. It no. definitely wasn't the no. brewery. We were out. We were it out It was someplace. far away. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was far away. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. And yeah, I, but I, it was like a, a very, um, extensive, uh, setup. I do remember that, that, that shootout day was a big deal. Again, John Badham, yeah. perfect director to, to put, put that together. And I remember special effects using all the squibs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do any of you have siblings and is there sibling rivalry? I love this question too. I have uh, two sisters and a brother and no, there's not rivalry. Just love. I'm the same. I have two brothers. And so, and I was in the middle and I, we did a lot of the same sports and things like that, but we, because I think we were the opposite sex in a lot of ways, um, any sort of competitiveness was, um, was, it just wasn't there. We didn't have any of that in our family. I've got one younger brother, so it's just the two of us. Um, and the three years apart, uh, mm-hmm. there was no competitiveness. There was no rivalry, but we're very different. Um, we're very different in how we approach things and how our relationships with our parents. Um, and I think we just, luckily, my parents took that at face value. He's not me, and I'm not him. Right. You know, so, right. and he's out here now. 
Is everybody's siblings out oh here? Oh my God. Ours are, uh, mine are, yeah. Yours are, yeah. Ten. My, my brother's in uh, Wisconsin. My One of my sisters is in Jersey. My sister, Anna's in Jersey, and uh, Marushka's up in Washington State. Oh, you guys are all over the place. Actually, both, both my sisters actually came down to visit Set once, which was a real treat. I remember this. Yeah, so um, see, Anna came for uh, Dislodged, and Marushka came for a cloudy chance of murder. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, which cast member gets the most or least, or how about we say most and least, seasick? <laughs> we know this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. <laughs> yes, Rod- Rodriguez. Yeah. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Uh, definitely. I don't I don't remember. Did anyone else? I feel like he he got sick for everyone. Was he sick? He, he was one sick time. on this one, though. I don't remember the, this one. No, but there was one that I know those boys. Well, it wasn't it. Wasn't he? Was he getting sick over the side of the boat? Wasn't that the story? Well, that, uh, hopefully you're feeding the fishes. Yeah, go over the of side course. of the boat, not on the not on the boat, not on the boat. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's it's James. <laughs> it's Rodai Rodriguez. Um, do uh, do <laughs> this is funny. Do you like Hawaiian pizza? Yes. No. Pineapple on pizza is absolutely fine. No. Oh, Maggie. <laughs> oh, Margaret. Oh, Margaret. Oh, Margaret. I'm in the problem. I think I'm in the, But I'm just like, I am so boring. So for me, like, if it gets out of the cheese or pepperoni category, I'm a no. So, <laughs> uh, so you, pineapple, that's like, w- w- there's so many things that I think I would allow before I got to pineapple. But I don't, I don't hate it. I don't so hate it. So you're not mad at people that not, get the pineapple on the pizza? No. It's just Maggie's preference, but I'm not but, mad at it. So I'm not no. mad at you. I'm not mad at you right now, Thank Kirsten. you. Yeah. I know. We can't yeah. be there. Don't go there. My <laughs> kids would often get the pineapple and choose that over my pepperoni, but, and I was like, yeah. But then come the end of the day, maybe after a few more drinks, like, yeah, I'm, gr- I'm scrunching the, um, the leftover pineapple if need be. Abs- well, I think if that, in that case, yes, too. If you're hungry enough and- P- late night pizza. You're gonna eat pizza no matter what, <laughs> whatever sauce. Yeah. And we like make our own pizzas now. Like we go to Trader Joe's, get like the pizza dough. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a Friday night thing of like, oh, you leave the dough out, you make your own pizza. That pizza will be like cold. We ate that at like yeah. you know six o'clock. It like eleven o'clock on a Friday night. It's fine. It's it's, it's fine. fine. If For you want that pizza, you're gonna eat that pizza. But we used to make that all the time as well. But my hands never put um, pineapple on onto my Trader Joe's homemade pizza. No, it's only when it's the only option. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, Kirsten. <laughs> I, well, I feel I feel like I need to defend the Hawaiian pizza. Okay, if I go to like a pizza place, you know where they've got like eighteen pizzas in the display case, and you're yes. going for a slice. Yes. I might choose the Hawaiian pizza out of all of their other pizzas. After all this time, how did I not know this about you, Kirsten? I, I'm shocked that you did. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 3 a.m. You're on Granville. You're on Granville Street. You're on Granville Street in Vancouver. On a weekend off. Yep. You've uh, maybe um, over in Bob. Did you hear, there were all those pizza joints on Granville Street, which are always jam packed at 3 a.m. Because it's either that or poutine. You got to have something to soak up that that uh, Canadian The big beer night in. you had. You guys, that's our episode. Maggie, we, we podcast the shit out of this one. Thanks to Tim, Kirsten Nelson. And Kirsten, you podcasted the shit out of this one. And when 
I love the look on your face. You're like, I did? I did? I did? <laughs> Is that I a good that thing? We, oh, can I bring up one more thing from the episode? Bring it because I thought it was funny. the episode. Uh, at the end, when uh, when Commander Barbara Dunlap comes in to say like, you know, uh, I think I'm going to go ask out Lassiter. I hope you don't mind. And then the boys are like, you know, they're being silly. Do you remember this? They're being muggy. And oh, yeah. she's like, stop that. You are, um, I'm actually getting a little sick of this mugging. Mm-hmm. And what do the guys say? Like, what are you, Entertainment Weekly? Oh, I couldn't, I remember that line. I could not, I thought it was a previous scene, but I couldn't, and I couldn't catch the whole. It was that what the thing, whole and was. that was their little dig. And of their real can, life can, meta yes, dig at yeah. Entertainment Weekly. Because that was our bad review. That was our bad review, right? Constantly. Entertainment Weekly was one. always. They didn't like us. Oh, oh, I have one more thing I have to add, too. What? But I love the meta reference. And yeah. we have more of those, I think, coming up here uh, in others, too. But I mm-hmm. didn't even. I heard the Entertainment Weekly. But as I was watching the episode, it did not register. And that is exactly why we said it. Because we right. had to, like, shoot. We had to, like, call them out. Um, Gus is a table. This is the first <gasps> Gus oh, is a table. Nice. Yes. yes. Like, yes. Thank you. Yeah. He, he, I re- he's like, Gus is a table. He's like, what? And then he's like, Gus, you have to be the, t-. so he has to explain it. And now, you know, as it has really lived on, but it was the, f- I do believe it was a psych first. It was, I was like, like, and they didn't with the psych it. first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You heard it's, it here. You heard it here first. You heard the psych first here first. But, oh, I, 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 it's so funny. I forgot that. I think it was in the, uh, yeah, the shootout and all that when it's happening. But Gus yeah, is Gus a is table. And I'm almost positive that, you know, Taika Waititi put it into Ragnarok for, uh, with Thor and Loki of like, hey, Love you know Thor. what we should do? Let's do Get Help. And I was like, that's because you watched an episode of Psych where we said <laughs> Gus is a table. And you thought, let's expand that. It's true. It's so, true. I would like to think of it. I would like yeah. to think of that that way. He pulled yeah. out a little notebook and he leave me, immediately wrote it down for future use. Yeah. We were, it, it happened here first, everyone, just so you know. Kirsten, we love you so I much. Love you guys so much. So I much. It's guys. always so fun to talk. You bring the best stories. You have the best takes. You have like, I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, Tim, it's so good to see your face as always. Likewise. And that was, there t- will be, there might be blood, guys. There might be. There might be blood. Goodbye. Goodbye. What a crazy, amazing episode. I loved the sibling rivalry dynamic in this one. Who knows? Maybe the commander can come back in the next movie. We're talking to you, Steve. As always, thanks again for listening to episode six of The Psychologists Are In. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. See all of you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.